stopped the car. A stiff wind harassed the low brush on the hillside on the other side of the road. The ocean glittered far out, and I could see cloud shadows racing down from the north. The hairs on my skin stood up like tiny needles, irritated by the weather. I waited for a good long break in the occasional line of cars, then told her to get the fuck out. Slowly, laboriously, she took her seatbelt off, adjusted the strap of her bag on her shoulder, and buttoned her jacket. She emerged too slowly, blinking in the cold breeze. I took her arm and led her the few feet to the edge. She opened her mouth to shout something into the wind. A wayward sports car passed, swerving along the curve. I ducked behind the car so that anyone in that car would see only one person. She stood about three feet in front of me, right at the edge. I found her back insulting. She had no right to hide the mortal fear she must be feeling. I rushed at her, hitting her with my shoulder like a linebacker hard. She toppled away while I caught myself, fell to my knees. She disappeared. Her last shriek, animalistic, harsh and loud, startled me. But she had time only for that one final sound, heard only by the two of us, muffled by the sound of distant surf. I jumped back into the car and turned around and headed north again. A semi roared south as I rounded a turn, and I almost sideswiped him in my excitement. For the rest of the way, I made an effort to drive extremely carefully hugging the mountainside of the road. Yes, first, this fast breathing, this feeling that I had been very close to the edge myself. Then, I don't know, some glee, ruefulness, regret, I guess. And finally, relief. The worst was over. September 20, 1990. The law offices of Pullman, McIntyre, Sorensen, and Frost surrounded a courtyard in a low, white-painted adobe building in the town of Carmel-by-the-Sea, California. Lush flower bushes, pines, and succulents bedecked the hilly front yard where steps led to the main door. In the bright sun of mid-September, the building looked overexposed, bleached like the sand on the beach at the foot of Ocean Avenue. Nina Riley grabbed a pile of mail on the receptionist's desk. She had worked as a paralegal at the law firm for the past year, having snagged this coveted job simply by submitting a resume. Her mother called it Irish luck, but Nina suspected it had more to do with another Irish character trait. Her father, Harlan, knew Klaus Pullman because he hobnobbed with everyone, but he would never confess to having pulled strings with Klaus. Nearly 80, Klaus was a legend in the community, the most daring and successful lefty lawyer south of San Francisco. He only hired the best, and that included Jack McIntyre, Nina's latest crush. Nina called out to the receptionist. Back in an hour, Astrid, I promise. Hurrying down the walk, she caught her sandal on the edge of the stone steps and stopped herself from falling by dropping the mail and raising her arms for balance. She dusted the letters as she picked them up, then tossed them through the car window to the seat, 
counting to keep track in case one fell between the seat and gear shift. Could mean the difference between a future and no future at all, getting every one of those envelopes to the post office. Nina had finished college a few years before with a degree in psychology, studying film, art, and people in the luxurious fashion of a girl child awaiting her prince. Her psych degree had not even prepared her for service positions in the restaurant business. But she was making up for that now, between law classes, paralegal work, and Bob. Not in that order. Fog murked its way in front of her. She scrutinized the hazy road for patrol cars, then executed a swooping illegal U-turn, arriving at the post office in downtown Pacific Grove, heart pounding. She shoved the letters into the metered mail slot. She drove swiftly the few blocks to her mother's cottage, parking in front of the huge Norfolk Pine in the front yard.